philosophe, physicien, rimeur, bretteur, musicien et voyageur aérien, grand riposteur du tac au tac, amant aussi, pas pour son bien. C.J. Hercule Savagnin, de Cyrano de Bergerac, qui fut tout et qui ne fut rien. So begins Edmund Rostand's famous play, Cyrano de Bergerac, the story of the legendary poet, duelist, soldier, philosopher, physicist, musician, playwright and novelist. However, despite his many accolades and the comedy throughout the play, it's a sad story of unexpressed love. Worried that his nose was too big, he neither told the woman he loved nor showed it to her, keeping it internalised and doing nothing about it until it was too late. But can love, real love that is, can love be unexpressed? Or does love demand action? That's our question for today. Welcome back to our study of John's Gospel. I'm Ian, and this is the Sailor Time to Pause podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. I will stop and breathe in your presence, just breathe, just breathe. Listen carefully to our Bible reading for today. It's only one verse long, and I'm going to be concentrating on just one single word within it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word I'm focusing on is that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It might only be a very simple word, really common in the English language and so on that we rarely pay attention to. It's not a complicated word such that we might expect it communicates some really complex theological thought or complex meaning. Yet its simplicity hides something quite profound, for it tells us of the depth of God's love for the world. It tells us that God's love was so great, so deep, so strong that he had to do something about it. Unlike Serrano de Bergerac's type of love that was content to watch on longingly from afar, yet remain silent with the love being unexpressed in word and deed, God's love resulted in action. It led to him leaving the glory of heaven to become one of us. It led to him assuming mortality and dying for us. It led to him providing a solution to the problem of sin within our lives. Unspoken love may sound romantic and become a curious muse for art or an interesting plot point for Hollywood, but despite its potential creative appeal, can we really say that it's love, or is it something else? I suppose I'm asking whether love that doesn't make a difference and reveal itself in the open, somehow, somewhere, somewhen, is really love. Does true love need to manifest itself? We live in a society that overuses the word love. You hear people say it all the time. We love ice cream. We love dogs. You love having a 3D weekend. You love the way the sand feels between your toes. We've used the word love so much and in ways that it wasn't meant to be used, which has lessened the meaning of the word to some extent. Simply saying that you love someone may not mean as much to them when you also say in the next breath that you love pizza and the smell of bacon. Adverts also utilise the word and concept of love to sell their products and services. 
Ad agencies learned long ago that emotional-based ads and content increase the effectiveness of selling their services or merchandise. So now they use the word a lot in their ads to appeal to a certain market. Most of us tend to think about love as that gooey feeling we get when we're in the presence of a particular person. You know, butterflies in the stomach, unable to focus on anything but the other person, interested in every little nuance of who they are, what they think and what they want to do next. But I think that's simply another instance of us overusing the word love when we confuse it with an internal feeling. Love, if it's to mean something, surely has to be so much more than that. This feeling of love, which is especially prevalent at the start of a new romantic relationship, is known in the therapy world as limerence. Limerence is the relationship stage when the other person's mere existence seems like a gift from God because everything that person says and does is just plain perfect. Even the stuff that totally annoyed us about the person we dated before this one seems okay in the new person because, well, we're in love and it feels absolutely freaking great. Unfortunately, limerence is not love. It may feel like love when we first start dating, but it's not love. It's the kickstarter for keeping two people together long enough to experience actual love, but it's not love. Love is not a feeling, even though we do feel it. It's an emotional bond that strengthens over time through a series of vulnerable and supportive actions. Limerence may feel good, but real love is so much more than any feeling. Real love is a choice. Real love is action. We take actions that build love. We take actions that strengthen love. And over time, the intimate emotional bond that is love will happen. Love is more than a flickering emotion. It involves an unwavering commitment to the happiness of another. And so when John tells us that God loved the world, he's talking about God's desires for each one of us. And when he tells us that God so loved the world that he's talking of God's absolute commitment to the world's ultimate good, to our ultimate best interests. John is not merely telling us how God feels towards us, but he's telling us how God will act and has acted towards us. In fact, the word that is not only telling us about his actions, but through that simple word, John is telling us that God's love is so great that he simply found he had to act in this way. So great, so deep, so strong, that he left himself with no other option but to come and save us. Incredible and yet it's true.